This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, I'm Anif Baharuddin. You're tuned into the show that brings you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Throughout the run of this show, we've spoken about urban planning in some episodes and urban design in others. And while they feel similar in nature, in actuality, there are differences between the two. So in this episode, we're going to find out why they are different. We're also going to be taking a deep dive into the focus of urban design. Joining me on the phone to discuss this is Shuhana Shamsuddin, President of Perika Banda or Malaysian Urban Design Association. Okay, urban design is actually a part of the scope of work of urban planning in the past and in fact if we look at the history of planning before the birth of modern town planning the architects are the ones who built the cities or designing the cities because at that time prior to the industrial revolution the cities are smaller in scale there is no problem of transportation that we have seen here and then the problem of the socio-economic as a result of a high population of the people uh, living in the city is not so much uh, of a concern then. So with the birth of the modern town planning comes after the industrial revolution with the advent of the automobile and the cities uh, begin to accommodate large numbers of uh, population and comes with it the problem of economic, you know, having to deal with giving uh, jobs to people and then having to provide housing to the larger group of people. So the problem of planning becomes more than just physical. It has to look into the socioeconomic, into the political, especially political. And there's a lot of political um, issues involved in planning because you're dealing with land matters. You know, you're deciding what kind of use is going to be allowed in certain part of the uh, of the city and the land. So when you are deciding about what can happen, what can be done on certain land, that there's some political issues in there because. It can make the people, you know, um, land increase in value as a result of their planning decision, or it can also make the value of the land uh, decrease as a result of the decision on what activities can take place there. So, in urban planning, it's more concerned about the issues of distribution of the resources available and how communication is going to be handled in the city, communication in terms of the highways, the transportation, and also how to generate the economic uh, activities in the cities to provide jobs to the people. So uh, basically in planning, the, the, the focus is more now on the socio-economic and, uh, and having some political um, influence in the activities. So uh, because of that, in the 60s and 70s, the urban design emerged as one area of uh, field of expertise which is actually focusing more on the design of the environment as a result of the planning activities. In a way, as a field that is to coordinate the design of the individual buildings by the uh, architects within a city. Urban design becomes an area of expertise and usually offered at postgraduate levels after you become an architect, planner or landscape architect. The masters in urban design will give an added value to this Usually, there's three different professions which are very interested to do uh, urban design as another skill. Because with the training at postgraduate level uh, in urban design, they are better equipped 
to look at the environmental quality of design, designing a bigger context of area, not just a one building for the architects uh, and also for the planner to be able to see the three-dimensional quality of the planning decision uh, that normally been done in the form of policy statements in the development plans or, or in the form of the uh, land use uh, plan. Because if you look the difference between the developed country and the developing country like us, we are more focusing on planning rather than urban design. And that's why we have a lot of issues about the quality of our cities and the quality of our life as a result of the planning decision. But if you, you look at the um, developed country, they are now focusing more in urban design to make sure that the planning decisions provide better quality of environment as uh, when it comes to implementation on the ground. Because in planning, they only specify the types of activities or land use and the, and the area where the land use are to be located and the kind of uh, how these areas are going to be accessed or all the infrastructure needed to support the areas. But they don't really go to the level of how will it look on the ground. What kind of environment is going to be created on the ground? Because in Malaysia, we have the architects who is going to be doing the design of the site. But the architects have the client that will control or guide the design. And the, the, the responsibility of the architects is to actually to the clients. If you've got a client which is very concerned about the quality of life of the people, get, giving the best environment, then you probably get very, very good design, very creative ones that actually concerned about meeting the needs of the people. But rarely you can get a client which is very philanthropic in nature. Most of the time, if you are dealing with developers, they want to make profit. So usually a lot of things has to be sacrificed. Just giving basic needs and making the, the design normally either to give more prestige to the project and therefore they can get better rent or better value. And at the expense of the ordinary people or those uh, of the local world some good which cannot really uh, afford to live in those kind of, uh, of areas. So that is the major difference. So the urban design comes after the major decision uh, involved in planning. For example, if in the planning decision was to say that this area is going to be a residential area, so how would the quality of environment is going to be created for that residential area? How would you solve the problem of safety? How would you resolve the problem of giving a sense of uh, identity to the area? How would you resolve the sense of giving accessible environment so that people can just walk to the schools or they can just have access to lots of open spaces and public. Uh, now, the decision to, to, to decide where the open spaces will or the parks will be a decision on planning level. But the quality of the design is actually will be covered under urban design. So, I would say that urban design comes uh, as a refinement of the decision made at planning level in giving quality to the, the environment at implementation level. Um, so, do they have to work hand-in-hand, hand, uh, both urban planner oh. and urban designer? Yes. This is the major issue now. If, if we see that our cities have not got quality in the environment, it's because there is the gap between planning and architecture. And that gap is to be filled by urban design. And therefore, the planners have to work hand-in-hand hand with the architects through urban design. And normally, we, I have done research where I interviewed several local authorities in UK to see how they can create very good environment for the 
people in the form of they got very good residential uh, areas and even the city centers are are very walkable and the people seem to enjoy uh, you know the quality of the environment so they normally have in the local authority a group of professionals who will be mediating between the planners and the architects who are submitting uh, the plans and designs to the local authority for planning permission. And normally these people under the urban design uh, unit, you know, these are people who have uh, that extra training in handyman, will be discussing and guiding and coordinating the design between that that's already been decided by the planning department and to actually help the architects to interpret the planning policies and all the requirements that is set by the authority at design stage or at implementation stage. So this kind of um, working, uh, like you said, the problem that we face, I think, uh, uh, in, in Malaysia, most, uh, most of the time at the local authority is this um, working in silos. You know? Everybody has their own department requirements to meet and they rarely talk to each other. But to get a good city environment, you have to work together, you have to break the walls, you have to work as a team. Because the city is not compartmentalized. The city is the environment in total. So this has to change and it has to be improved if we were to get a better quality uh, environment for the city folks. But on, on that, and we have a problem here in Asia. Even we don't have enough planners to taking care of the cities. Because the planning profession in the local authorities are actually a public sector uh, employment and they have got to be paid by the comes from the government you know you have to have allocation how much post can be created for the planning job and only even the post of time is not enough let alone having a post created to look after the urban design but uh, so this this is the shortcoming because if you look in the in uk for example we have one of the best uh, planning system they've got so many planners and they can afford to have a planners, you know, uh, 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 a unit where you have a, a group of professionals looking into the urban design part, where they can have one officer assigned to each of the um, uh, what do you call the areas or within the within the city. So you can have one housing scheme, you know, being 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 monitored by one one officer. So they they know what's happening on the ground. They can. They can even go and uh, can check whether there's planning permission being provided or that there's any illegal kind of uh, activities taking place or in terms of development. And they can they can even coordinate with uh, uh, all the new new um, submissions occurring in that area because they have the numbers. They can concentrate. Our problem is that we have very few planners and sometimes they, they really don't have the time to go to the ground, to think about what, what needs to be done because they're busy going attending meetings. <laughs> because there's not, um, like I said, there's not, not enough people to go around it. So that has an implication on budget, actually. If you have more budget, then you can have more posts created. And then you can have better quality of supervision or monitoring of the different areas in the, the, the city. Mm. Earlier in the interview, you mentioned uh, that urban design improves uh, or try to look at uh, improving the quality of life in the city, right? Uh, can you give a bit of an mm. example so that our listeners would understand it a lot more? Okay. In urban design, there are two uh, main scope of concern. One is the city centre and that is the urban neighbourhood. I mean, the neighbourhoods are the place where we, we live 
And the city centre is the place where people we focus on the um, commercial shopping as well as uh, uh, offices as needs. Uh, uh, so the classic example in the city centre, for example in KL, when the city is not city centre, not walkable. That means you cannot walk easily from one part of the city to another. And when the uh, when the city centre lack uh, places for leisure and recreation, you know, not just for just going to shopping, but places where people can meet each other, where people can interact at leisure, then that is an indicator of very bad urban design or, or no urban design being considered. And this is happening in KL, actually. We're hardly able to walk. And then we, when you and you are not walking, what do you do? You're relying on the motorized vehicles, isn't it? So when you are de- de- dependent on driving to go just around the block, you are creating traffic congestion. When you've got traffic congestion, it gives a very stressful environment to people working in the city or even people who are going to the city to get needs or even people living in the city. So the traffic congestion cannot be solved by building more highways or building more roads or maybe more elevated highways. I mean, did you see now in KL, we've got so many new highways, you know, <laughs> being built one after another, one on top of the other. And the more roads you build, actually, in, uh, it comes to solving traffic problems. It's not by building more roads. Because the more roads you build, it's like you drain, you know. If you, if you build a wide drain, the water will will move faster, isn't it? <laughs> because it's very smooth as compared to if the drain is very, very narrow. The same goes with traffic. The more roads you build, the more people, uh, cars will come into the city center. We'll never solve the problem of the nature. Because a walkable environment is when we can walk as an option, not because you're forced to. So in, in Malaysia, sometimes uh, in the city, sometimes we... We want to walk because we, you see, if you have to drive just from one block to another, one thing, not just the congestion, another thing, you are going to pollute the environment and then you spend more money on petrol and so forth as compared to we can just walk. A good example is like if you go to cities in Japan, in uh, UK, and in Australia or in oh, the developed countries, you know, the city centers. People walk more than they, they drive inside the city centre because many parts of the city centres are now, cars are not allowed. Anyway, if you go to UK at the moment now, most of the city centres, you know, they, they ban cars from coming in. You have to park outside. There will be certain uh, designated parking around city centre and then from there you walk and then you can walk continuously within city centre and then you can enjoy enjoy shopping or meeting people without the hassle of you know, being uh, worried about cars knocking you down. But here in, in Malaysia, we give liberty to the cars to come anywhere they like inside the city centre. In fact, they are forced to go into city centre even though just to bypass it, you know. So uh, this is this is a problem. Uh, I think we, we when the, we, we build the cities uh, here in Malaysia, we don't look it um, in total. Uh, this is, the, the like I said just now, the working in silo syndrome. I mean, you, you solve the traffic problem, you just, let the engineers decide where how to make the, the the traffic flow smoothly, and then you forgot about people. How are people going to walk as a result of after that? 
So it, that's why in urban design we have to look to look at the city as an ensemble. You know, we have to look at all these problems in one shot, not just breaking them apart into different parts. But we have to integrate all these problems and find a solution to deal with making the the uh, reducing the traffic congestion and at the same time increasing the ability for people to walk. There are other issues like identity. You know, places that has character that gives people sense of pride in a place. And that is also part of urban design. So if you design cities that look similar to each other, you know, there's no no concern about the culture, no concern about the heritage and so forth. It will um, deny people some aspect of the quality of life, being having identity to your own, to, and also having your own culture being preserved. So that is also an aspect of urban design that is very not well taken care of. Huh? Mm, all right. Um, so urban planning and urban design should come together in hand. In, yeah, in hand, right? But um, what about cities that are already mature, uh, cities that are, have existed for quite a while? Can you still, I guess, implement uh, the concept of urban design into these cities? Oh yeah, for the for the existing area, this is another scope in urban design, and also an aspect of planning that is covered as a policy is what we call urban regeneration and urban rehabilitation. That means this is a scope whereby you regenerate areas in the city center that is in that is, uh, decline, where some parts of the building cannot be used or some parts of the, the, the housing stocks, you know, had to be rehabilitated or modified to meet the current the modern need. And normally this involves areas that has been around for a long time. In that aspect, the urban design um, concern here is the how you regenerate in terms of design so that these buildings can be adapted. This area can be adapted to the new need or new use. This has been done a lot in in the developed countries because I've, I've did a research where I look into the urban regeneration of industrial areas within city centers where they converted lots of warehouses, factories into apartments into shopping centre. One classic example in uh, Birmingham, they converted post office. Uh, you know about post office? They have a sorting office where all the letters and mails will go to this uh, building and this area. And from then, only the, the mails will be distributed. And when it's not needed, what they did is that they converted that building into a shopping mall. And they also converted the surrounding factories that have not been used or hazards into studio apartments, uh, units, you know, for people to live in. And this has been done very well in, in UK, especially in the one of the case studies that I look at in Birmingham. You know, Birmingham was an industrial city. And they have turned all those areas that have been declined, left when the factories doesn't operate and the, the, uh, and the breeding stocks are also very run down. They built new buildings, they converted some buildings, and they also adapted the new certain buildings. So this is the concept where uh, it involves planning decision as well as an urban design uh, strategy that can turn old or decline areas that has, that people doesn't like to go to into an area that is uh, very uh, attractive where it's also accommodated with new new facilities uh, and so forth. So this is... Um, been done in, in in the developed country because they don't tear down all the old buildings because that will actually mean you 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 tearing down part of your heritage or part of your identity. But what they do is that is is uh, something like a retrofitting, you know. 
keeping some that it can can be used, you know, adapting some and then building some new building that is um, um, integrated in terms of design with the with the old setting. We need to go into that direction. Mm. So for our city, um, what is the priority you think for now? Um, based on our conversation uh, earlier, do you think that mm-hmm. we should have more urban planners, or should we start having more urban designers in our in our city? I think it has to go uh, again like hand hand. Probably, we can get more urban planners to be trained in urban design. I think that will solve a lot of problems. <laughs> we having more planners is good, but then there are certain. But after you have come up with your plans, the, 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 the thing with planning is that the first concern of planning is actually to produce the plan, the development plans like the structure plan, city plan, master plan, and also, or, because planning output mainly in terms of reports, you know, where they, they produce policy statements and also maps to show where are the location of this, all these um, activities that are going to take place. But once this plan has been uh, produced, how are they going to execute this plan? How are they going to ensure that all these policies, for example, they can say, we will make a walkable city centre. We are going to create more public spaces for people to interact. But that is a policy statement. How do you interpret it on the actual ground in terms of getting it really being implemented on the ground? That is the part where you need to know about urban design. And that is the one that's lacking. If the planners are trained in urban design, then they can see all the policies that they have been created will be executed on the ground, will be monitored, and they will be they will help to guide the, the architects to to actually produce design that is uh, in tandem with the policies that have been proposed in those developments. You've been tuning in to I Love KL and that was Shona Shamsuddin, President of Rika Banda or Malaysian Urban Design Association. And we've been discussing the differences between urban planning and urban design and the focus in designing a city. That's all we have for this episode of I Love KL. If you miss any part of the show, you can check out the podcast at bfm.my slash ilovekl or app which you can find via Google Play and the App Store and also Spotify. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin and you have been tuning in to I Love KL bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Remember to stay at home, practice social distancing and stay safe. Join us again next week only on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.